ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. Don't fret, guitar lovers. It's uh, <laughs> our intro music this week for Broncos. My wife. I think my wife's programming the music. Yeah. Broncos correspondent Ian St. Clair joins us next. Follow him at Ian St. Clair at Mile High Report. Broncos fans want to believe they have the defense to build upon as a platform. Is that reasonable after giving up a 20 to nothing lead late uh, against the Vikings last week? We'll get to that in just a second. But after we tell you that this week, we are brought to you by Broncos Blast by Framed Art. And uh, yeah, check them out on Twitter this week. I enjoyed this. They have 1945. Can, you know, I'll ask Knudsen if he knows who played in that World Series. Uh, I wasn't around yet. You were. but Framed. I <laughs> not quite. Not, not yet for four years. World Series program tickets bank draft um, for the Tigers-Cubs World Series. Check out all the things they can do. And it is time to bring your holiday framing into Framed art before they run out of time so they can get it back in time for gift giving and uh, not just sports, just cherish your happiest moments, weddings, family pictures, uh, all of that <clears throat> stuff. They've got some great stuff up there. Uh, also at Framed Art on Twitter or on Facebook. Framed Art 3065 South <clears throat> Broadway. Framers to all the colleges and pros around town. Personal and sports memorabilia. Fine Art 3065 South Broadway. And by uh, Stoney's Bar and Grill, the best time of year would be a sports fan, pro and college football, uh, hitting the home stretch, plus hockey and hoops have started. You can catch all the game action at Stoney's Bar and Grill, 11th and Lincoln, in the heart of downtown, and Stoney's Uptown, 1035 17th Street, just west of Park Avenue. A combined 88 big screen TVs will show you every game. And Stoney's Uptown, the home for Husker football, Nebraska fans today against Maryland, maybe. Uh, every game day, pregame, postgame, every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill and Stoney's Uptown. Check them out. All right, and on that note, we welcome in our buddy, our Broncos correspondent weekly in this segment at 8.30, Ian St. Clair. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, guys. Can't, uh, can't complain about being let in with Alien Ant Farm. I was going to say, you, you and my wife like that song. That. I find that on my iPod. I said, I didn't put this here. And she goes, oh, I did. What is it, Alien? Alien Ant Farm. Is the name Ant Farm. <laughs> That's a remake of a Michael Jackson song, actually. Smooth, is it? Smooth it Criminal. Is. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson song, yeah. So okay. they rocked it up. <laughs> so uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, start off, and then we'll get to other stuff like uh, the allegations that uh, Vic Fangio, the uh, Godfather, is mean. He's a meanie, as as you put it. Um, is it reasonable for Bronco fans to believe they had the defense here as a platform to build upon for future playoff contention when they give up a twenty nothing lead against only the second top half offense that they faced all season? <clears throat> I think so. I think this is one of those double-edged swords where, as you guys remember, one of my keys going into the game was to shut down Dalvin Cook. They shut down Dalvin Cook. They held him to 26 yards rushing. So when you do that, in most instances, you're probably going to win. But at the same point, given the injuries that they have on defense, and and I still think that this is a team and guys on defense still figuring it out, still figuring out the system. So there's still going to be hiccups from time to time. And I think you have a coach, a head coach in Vic Fangio, who in his first run as a head coach is still figuring out how to get his feet under him as a head coach. Now, does that excuse giving up a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter? Heck no, it doesn't. But the double-edged sword that I mentioned, 
you have to give credit to the Minnesota Vikings. They made the adjustments in the, at halftime and then in the second half. And Kirk Cousins and that offense played incredibly well. It reminded me of that Monday night game in 2012 when Manning and the Bron- when Peyton Manning and the Broncos were down 24 nothing, and they came they come out in the second half and just steamroll and score 35 unanswered points. So there's times that it's going to happen, and it Agreed. unfortunately for the Broncos happened. And I think a big part of that was the Vikings were playing at home. I wonder if they're able to do that if that game was played in Denver. Well, so, not like the Broncos haven't lost leads in Denver either late in the year. But no, I think you're right on the button in. Um, it's not unusual in the NFL to see a team get out to a big lead and then coast and the other team mounts to come back. The difference was a lot of times those teams are able to finish, you know, come back and win a close game at the end. And the Broncos were one play away from winning that game. We wouldn't be having this conversation if they win that game. I, I just, exactly. I hate to say this. And it, I, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and I think in, in terms of the offense, I think – Offensively, when I take when I say the coaches are getting their feet under them still, I think Rich Scangarello is still doing that. I mean, I think we can take those uh, reverse runs with Noah Fant and toss them into the garbage and never see them again. That was the first play of the season, wasn't it? Then they were in the very first play. In the yes. Play? Yeah. Yes, it Start was. To finish it. Um, so I, I think the offense kind of went away from what it was doing in the first half. I think they lost its aggressiveness, but they, again, they were still in a position to win the game. And I think, don't forget that Brandon McManus has a chance to make a field goal that would, in that situation, the Broncos don't have to score a touchdown at the end of the game. They can just kick a field goal to win it. So there are a couple of instances here where it isn't just on the defense that other aspects of the team fell off too. Exactly right. Yeah, that's well. That's very well put. Look at the look at the big picture. They didn't get beat by four touchdowns. They lost a very close game to a good team on the road. Just don't see that. And they did the things world. that, and you can take they they did things that you can take away, like shutting down a guy that a lot of people have as an MVP candidate in Delvin Cook. Yep. I I mean, more more often than not, when you put a game on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. He's not going to play like that. He he just he's it's not, not consistent enough to do it. And I, but I think the other aspects of the game, if Brandon McManus makes that field goal, the Broncos don't have to get a touchdown at the end there with Brandon Allen but, having but to, it was to make 50- three throws into the end zone, and they they potentially win that game. And was it a fifty-three yard field goal? I'm trying to remember. I thought it was, I'm thinking it was 48. I think it was. I have to look at my notes. It was late, long 40, yeah, uh, maybe in the low 50s. But it's a kick it's indoors. One that he needs so, to make. Uh, indoors, you know, he I, I could just kick. as easily believe, and I think it's great what you guys are saying, and everybody's feeling better who's listening, who's a Bronco fan. But Minnesota Vikings didn't see the Broncos coming. This is a bad team that they didn't get up for. And when they had to turn on the ignition in the second half, they came out and won the game. And, yes, the Broncos contributed to that. And, yes, a couple of things could have been different. But at the same time, teams that don't even have good offenses, like Chicago Bears, find ways to beat the Denver Broncos at the end of the game. And and I think that that is very, very damning. Uh, in terms of saying this is a defense that that you can that, that that's ready to win now. But I think but think of this, guys. If this was a, a team in the middle of a playoff hunt, 
this would have been a, ter- a terrible loss, a horrible loss, right? You blow a 20-point lead and you're in the playoff race. But it's, but if you're it's a, team, a horrible season for not yeah. being in the playoff no, they, race. This, this yeah, a, you spared yourself a few bad, but you you don't feel like you did after Jacksonville when when a good Broncos team lost right. the playoff game to Jacksonville they right. never should have lost. Right. Use it as motivation and win Super Bowls <clears> afterwards. Right. But instead, you trade that bad day for an entire bad season but, or, but or Michael, era. We talked about this in August, Michael. This wasn't a playoff team in August. It, 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 the roster was not, it's not a playoff roster. They're not there yet. They, think about the young, where they're playing all these young guys. They, they're they're a, a quarterback who's barely played in the NFL. First and second year guys across the board, all the skill positions are first and second year guys. This, this is not well, a playoff roster yet. This is a, this, this is a, learning, yes. this is a uh, learning experience. My point exactly. All right, we agree on that. All right, we got a couple things to do with very little time to do them. Let's address the rumors that Vic Fangio is a meanie. (laughs) That the godfather, the tough guy, is too tough for, apparently, his own staff. Because you imagine it's, it's the coaches, not the players, that are complaining about tirades during the game on the headsets, uh, second-guessing, judging of the offense. When his demeanor on the sideline, you look at his face, you would, everyone says they don't, they don't see this from Vic Fangio yet. Uh, Jason LaConfora says after he wrote a little bit about Broncos dysfunction, he gets three calls from people <clears throat> in the organization saying, you don't know the half of it. Mm. I, the, the first thing is, is I, are, are, I, I mean, I, the whole idea that a guy nicknamed the Godfather Maybe mean. What do you expect when a guy is nicknamed the Godfather? I mean, I know people don't watch historic movies, but the guy is nicknamed the Godfather for a reason. That doesn't mean that he's going to come in and be a, a, a nice guy and he's going to pat people on the back if they don't deserve it. And he's just going to hand out pleasantries for the sake of handing them out. So that whole idea is just nonsense to me. And if you if you want a coach to pat you on the back, to be your buddy, to be your friend, I don't want you playing for the Broncos. They needed this culture change. And, and who's so, to say? And who's to say there isn't some of both going on? I mean, I mean, I, I'm a coach. Exactly. I'm gonna have my moments where I'm mean. I'm gonna have my moments where I'm patting guys on the back. It's it's a mixed bag. Uh, Mark Johnson, who's a baseball coach at Cherry Creek, told me once. He says, as a coach, especially with kids, make it a positive sandwich. Tell them something good. Tell them what's wrong. You got to fix it. Tell them what's something good again, but they're going to remember the bad thing, and they're going to. He, was, he yelled at me. He was mean to me. Listen, how many losing locker rooms is there? Is all are all flowers and roses and happiness when you show up to work? I mean, obviously, losing wears on people. It makes people short tempered and all that. This is to me, this is a complete non-story. It's normal. It's typical. And and and, and my and the whole thing to my point is, so he wants you to be better. You right. should want a yep. coach to make you better. And in terms of complaining about the day off that you have and it's Monday instead of Tuesday, well, have you really earned a day off over the last three years? Good point. (laughs) Hey, let's get to your prediction, your analysis on uh, the Buffalo game, uh, uh, even more so than the Viking game. I think Bronco fans think this could be a breakthrough win on the road. I think this. I mean, I don't think the Broncos are as bad as their record indicates, but I don't think the Bills are as good as their record indicates. I, I think the Bills are a beatable team. I think the problem with this is the game is on the East Coast, and it's in Buffalo, where the Broncos are eleven and thirteen all time against the Bills, and they struggle in East Coast games in the early game. 
So I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think if the Broncos are able to make Josh Allen try to beat them so they, they shut down the Bills' running game and they make the Bills one-dimensional and they get Josh Allen to get happy feet and start to to feel the pressure, whether it's coming from Shelby Harris up the middle or Vaughn Miller and Malik Reed on the outside, that's what they need to do. My concern is – does the secondary have the speed to keep up with a guy like John Brown? Because we saw what happens with Stefan Diggs if you're able, if he's allowed to get over the top. And I wonder if that's what the Bills are going to look to do against the secondary. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's there for the Broncos to win, but I don't think they're able they're able to overcome all of them to leave Orchard Park with a win. So I think the Bills are going to get the the 16 to 13 win. Good, close, tight game. Another, t- another heartbreaking loss for uh, for Bronco fans. We it's got a lesson. It. It's a lesson, not a lot. It's a, it's a we will read your uh, winners and losers, pros and cons uh, in uh, Mile High Report. Listen to your uh, podcast following the Buffalo game, and who knows? Maybe the Broncos surprise this weekend. Ian, thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, guys. All right. Ram Roundup, Kelly Lyle is next, Colorado.com. Mike Bogwell has struggled in trophy games, and he did again. Uh, Friday night in the border war, losing the uh, the bronze boot. And uh, uh, will it change? Did, did this game change his job status at all? We talk about that next with Kelly Lyle.